1: Andrew Rotondi, and Scott Ryan. Let's go.
2: What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Bronx Pinstripe Show. Do not adjust your, your phone or your whatever you're listening to. That is my voice. It sounds like shit. Uh, had the Yankees not escaped Tampa with a win... I would, I would maybe sound just as bad as the Yankees would feel flying back to New York. But they salvaged the win. That kind of felt like so this win this afternoon felt like just slapping a bandaid on a broken leg, to be honest. But hey, it's better than nothing. Because if they had gotten swept, uh, holy shit, Scott, what's up?
1: What's up, man? This is uh, this is this is uh, tough sledding for you right now. But it's kind of entertaining for me. I'm not gonna lie. If anybody complains that they can't tell the two of us apart of this episode, check your ears, go to the doctor and, and make sure something's not uh, wrong with you because there's clear distinction between us. Um, good. I'm glad they got the win today. It was big. Aaron Judge carried the entire team on his back by himself and um, and they really tried. They tried hard to give it up. They did. Yeah. They, they tried their hardest, but Aaron Judge, um, thankfully, you know did enough this series for them to squeak out a win here.
2: Aaron Judge, this series, five for 11, three extra base hits, two homers, three runs scored. The rest of the team, nine for 87, which is a 103 average, two extra base hits, one RBI, zero runs scored. The rest of the team, zero runs scored. Legitimately, Aaron Judge was the offense this weekend.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's it's not it's not an exaggeration. The, the, the man did everything possible. Uh, in his power to to control this game and nobody else contributed and i don't i'm done trying to speculate why this is all happening and why these guys are sucking and not playing to the 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 ability that we believe they can i have there are no and there's no real reason they're just not playing well they're bad at offense and they've been bad at offense <laughs> since the all-star break i i don't have any other things? It does today, like, thank God they today because if they didn't, and you look, I mean, looking at the standings now is just depressing because it does feel like this is a, this is the, a means to an end. It feels like there's it's inevitable that Tampa is going to catch this team unless for some godforsaken, some unbelievable reason they figure out how to hit the ball. But this team, um, it it feels like it's ready, they're ready to be caught, and I don't quite understand, um, you know, how they can shift it forward. They, they need to flip it on a switch completely
2: right the uh the win this after the, the win this afternoon to to escape Tampa w- without being swept you know maybe that is enough to make this team wake up and say okay we still got a a four game standing lead I think it's three in the lost column lead with uh another weekend series against Tampa coming up so we take care of business against Tampa and it's going to be pretty hard for them to catch them but at the same time it does feel like a sinking ship. And that this win is just delaying the inevitable. Like I said, slapping a bandaid on a broken leg or putting some flex seal on that sinking canoe. Like that's honestly what this seems like when, and it's,
1: it's not, watch, watch the flex seal slander. (laughs) Yeah. You're a flex seal. You're a big flex seal guy. Big Flex Seal guy, it works. It absolutely works. Yeah, yeah. big time. Yeah.
2: That, you don't. That actually doesn't surprise me. You are a Flex Seal guy. Just like just go around the house, just going around with a can of Flex Seal. Just that could use some Flex Seal. That could use some Flex Seal. Bam, yeah. bam. But it's like the offense just so anemic. The the nine nothing loss on Friday. I think even Boone in his post game. When he sounded dejected, said, "This is rock bottom for us." Like I think he used the the phrase rock bottom. It certainly felt like that. And then obviously the the three runs the rest of the way to to somehow get a win. But um, it 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 did feel like rock bottom on Friday. Uh, Saturday wasn't much better. The Yankees only got three hits. The the one home run in the ninth inning from Judge. But are you taking this win this afternoon? Scott saying, "Okay, this could be something they can grasp onto and then try and figure their shit out." Or are you just saying this is this is just delaying the inevitable?
1: It's not delaying. It's so much as the delay of the inevitable. Or it's it's definitely not a like let's let's uh, let's tie onto this one and just like build off of this because they've they've had plenty of opportunities to do that before. They're not do they haven't done it for an extended period of time. So. No, I'm not going to sit here and just say this one win is is a, is like, you know, a moment for them anymore. But the inevitable is that the uh the the standings are going to most likely come down to the last week, week and a half. And unless this team gets their complete heads out of their asses, they're going to get caught and it's going to be the worst the worst um defeat basically, the worst catching of all time. It's 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 bad. So they they need to, for their own sake, for their own for their, for their own self, uh, they need to go out there and, and play better baseball so that they don't give up this lead. But there's no other motivation than they have besides blowing a massive lead and going back in the history books for a, a Yankees blowing a, a lead that that hasn't happened like this in some time. Yeah,
2: certainly some things can happen over the next uh, let's just call it month of baseball. Where they do secure the division. If you start playing better baseball and you win enough games, where Tampa cannot catch you or Toronto cannot catch you, that is something to grasp on as a positive going into the postseason. But if you continue to play like crap and Tampa and Toronto just don't catch you because maybe they don't win enough games and you just win by default, I'm sorry that that to me is is yeah you won the division, but that's not going to have that's not a that that is not achieving what I think uh this team needs in order to to go into the postseason
1: well no i just I, at this point i just need them to go to the postseason at this point i need them to get to the postseason like i'm not joking i'm seeing the i'm seeing so many so many different opportunities for them to be caught and i'm looking at the standings and who they're playing and all of these different um situations with who's playing well right now and it's there's 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 a lot of opportunities where this could go bad. You know, I know we always say that Minnesota has no nobody's nobody is scared from Minnesota, by Minnesota, and and they've lost a few games in a row. But at some point, and I said this last year, or the year before, I don't remember when it was. But at some point, that shit's gonna flip. It's gonna flip, and I'm scared. I'm scared that it's gonna flip with the twin the Twins at some point in the very near future, and they're not gonna play well against the Twins, and it's not gonna go well. And we're back in Twin series. And it's going to be one of those things. But if we can just, course, for the games, that would be great. Because if we can just mop the floor with the Minnesota Twins as they always have, that will give them a little mojo back. It will help them. I know uh, Buxton's out, Polanco's out. They have some guys that that are not um, playing in the upcoming. They're also injured right now. So I could see that as uh, as a good as a good thing. I just need do or whatever we're calling it here to not to not happen right now for the Minnesota Twins and
0: the Yankees. They need to they need to go out there and kick their ass. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data
2: Scott, you have been saying that the twins are due, I think for four years on this podcast, and that has not come to fruition yet. So I don't know that I'm buying into that, but the Yankees remaining schedule is not exactly easy. And I think I was was listening to Susan and Ricky Ricardo for a little bit today. And Susan was commenting how, well, we thought the West Coast trip was going to be easy. And look how that turned out, because obviously the A's and the Angels are not the best of teams, but the Yankees four against the Twins, three against Tampa, two at Boston, three at Milwaukee, two versus Pittsburgh, four versus Boston, three at Toronto, three versus Baltimore, four at Texas. The easy teams on that calendar are clearly the Pirates and the Rangers. But four games in three days, we've talked about this a, a, a bunch of times on the show so far, to end the season in Texas is not exactly the, the easiest of situations. I know the Red Sox are in last place, but I still don't love playing the Red Sox six more times this season. If they can cause the Yankees some headaches, they definitely will. And then Toronto and the Tampa series are gonna potentially make or break if the Yankees win the division or not. So I think uh what'd you say, Logan? They're fifteenth in strength of schedule uh around major league baseball.
3: Yeah, exactly, exactly the midpoint. Uh the Ways are third right. with their games against the Astros. Um, and then 9 against 6 against the Astros and 9 against the Blue Jays so 15 games total so that's that's a very yeah.
2: difficult schedule to end for Tampa so if we're if we're going to take some solace in the fact that the Yankees somehow salvaged a win today to keep the Rays a little bit further distance away and the Yankees have a, a middle of the pack strength of schedule and the Rays have a very difficult strength of schedule that is definitely a positive you could take away from this afternoon
1: if we're looking for positives then then yes that's it the the way that schedule plays out however if the Yankees can't score runs, it doesn't matter how bad their opponent is. If they can't score runs, then they are their own worst enemy. And that that is the name of the game at this point. These guys have to be able to put runs up on the board. I mean, the pitching hasn't been great in the second half, but it hasn't been the problem either. These guys need to put up runs outside of Aaron Judge, help him out, or he's not going to get he's going to get pitched to even less. If these guys continue to struggle but it doesn't matter if it's pittsburgh or texas or boston or baltimore if they can't score runs they're not going to be able to win games at on in a on a consistent level and because of that that they're not going to be able to 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 continue to to be in first place they're not gonna they're not gonna save this this division lead it's going to come up they need to score runs there's no other way to put it. Like that's clear as day what needs to happen.
2: Yeah, today the Yankees had the bases loaded in the fifth inning for Stan. He flew out. He's been terrible since returning from the IL. I think he's 3 for 33 or 34 since returning from the IL. The Yankees then had uh, first and third with no outs in the seventh. They did get the sack fly from Cabrera, which is which is good, but they didn't extend the lead further than that. And then they wasted first and third, no outs in the eighth inning. So they kept it a close game for the Rays who almost came back, but that, that very easily could have bit them in the ass today.
1: Well, yeah, it absolutely could have. And, and, Holmes wasn't helping matters again. He, he still doesn't look like he's the the guy that we, you know, we were uh, expecting him to be. And the guy that took over that closer role, he's not, he's not putting the fear in guys as he was before he, the, the strikeout pitch was nasty. It was out of the zone, but, but. So I'm I'm very thankful that the umpire called that pitch. Um and the gun did say 102 miles per hour. I don't know if that I don't know if I believe that, but if it was nasty pitch, for whatever reason, he's he's uh he's not locating like he did, and guys are putting decent swings on him. So um, but yeah, they 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 got they got lucky. They got a little lucky in the ninth inning, and that's a good thing. Luck is good, maybe that's what we can look for a little luckiness can help you get going because then it's out of your control and then just good things are happening to you because of luck. Maybe that's what they need. They just need a little good luck. Get rid of the bad luck, enter some good luck, and maybe that will uh that will change the bats because there's no other reason that that is explainable in why this offense is going the way it is.
2: So maybe because it was a 102 mile an hour sinker, it was such a fast sinker the umpire couldn't see that it was a ball below the zone. Is that what you're saying?
1: It was one of those it was one of those perfect uh Placement pitches. We were talking about this, I don't know, weeks ago here with with Trevino, where he he just raises the eye level of the glove and a ball down in the zone. That's where you can really steal a strike, in my opinion. I mean it was it was a borderline pitch. It wasn't an egregious call. If it was against us, I may say it was an egregious call, but because it was the it was uh it was our guys who did that, not egregious. And Trevino yanks that ball up from the bottom. He does it as well as anybody. Uh, and I think that's where they they're, they're able to get a lot more. I know we ran through the numbers, but that that low pitch is is one that could be very deceiving, I think, for the umpire. So credit to Trevino for for framing that ball and and getting that pitch because that was that was it. That was a massive, massive pitch for this game.
2: That was the exact pitch that Boone has been thrown out like a number of times for Judge being caught, having it called a strike Pretty on Judge. Much. Like that, that is, that is the exact same pitch, you know, a, a ball length below the strike zone, which is a ball. It's clearly a ball. It's, I understand it's a difficult pitch for umpires to miss, but that, that, that's a lucky call for the Yankees. And I don't know what happens if that's called the ball. <laughs> they probably lose the game because that's how it's been going.
1: Well, even going come- back to the the situation where Boone got thrown out with that that phantom catcher's interference call. I mean, the ball. I, I was I was a little confused and really trying to to follow this. So it, you know, it hit me across the face if I'm just missing something here. But that ball that was against the screen, or Boone thought was against the screen, that he was asking for the replay, but it not to be a challenge. I don't quite understand like where how you can do that. But I'm not challenging it. I just want you to look at it so i don't have to challenge it it's one of those like very strange things with instant replay because then for the catcher's interference which is a challengeable a reviewable call it was clearly not a passenger or a, a catcher's interference the ball was tipped into the glove and made the glove look the way it did um but boone clearly didn't have that ability to to review the call because his challenge was gone it was all very confusing. I don't quite understand why they, the, the whole root of this is getting it right. And they, they're, they're tripping over their own feet to try to get things right when it's right in front of their face.
2: This is what happens when you make rules before you actually see how game situations and challenge situations play out. So MLB came up with a set of rules and now everyone's just trying to play by those rules, but sometimes it doesn't always make sense. I think what happened on that pop-up from DJ is, Boone said, can can you take a look at it? Or can you, can you talk? Logan, did he say take a look at it or talk about it?
3: I think he probably said take a look at it, but I, I think what he was asking for was them right. to talk about it, similarly to like the way that you can kind of just like ask them right. to talk about it without using a challenge for certain things, like a foul ball or something. Get all the something. umpires together, maybe but, um, the third
2: base umpire saw it better than the home plate umpire or right, something like that. Exactly. Um. So I understand. So say he said take a look at it, or can you talk about it? And then Cash comes out. It's like, hey, that's <laughs> he's calling for a challenge here. Like, I completely understand where Cash is coming from on that, on that point, especially if he said, can you take a look at it? Take a look
1: at it to me means challenge it. But take a look at it in the sense, but if it were a home run call, all the home run calls are reviewable. So if he came out and said, can you take a look at that? He's just like prompting them to go look at it, which is their own yeah. choosing. It makes no damn sense. That's my point. We're talking about vernacular here. It's like we're talking about particular words that are used. What happened to like the so they need a challenge flag. Oh, How about a challenge, challenge flag? Like Something a red, official. A red yeah, challenge yeah. flag. Yeah. Something like that that will that will say, okay, we're, I don't have to like guess what you're saying through the words <laughs> through the This isn't this isn't like a, you know, a charades moment or me understanding what you're saying exactly. There needs to be a clear line of like you guys need to look at that. It was close enough. Where the where the umpire should be looking at a play like that, I'm not challenging it because I haven't thrown my red flag. Therefore, nothing is nothing is uh, unclear here. We all know where we are. We all know where we stand. So if that's the case, then you know we're just looking at the words that were said, and and that was what was confusing. Then, I mean, baseball needs to clean that shit up
2: quickly. Yeah. So that's what Boone was obviously heated about, and that's why he got tossed. What was it? The ninth time he was tossed this year, I think. I think I saw it was the ninth time. Which seems like a lot, especially he got tossed a bunch in the first half of the season when the team was going so well. It was always just for arguing balls and strikes on Aaron Judge and Giancarlo Stanton. Now he's getting tossed because he's he's phantom challenging plays and stuff. But if we're if we're gonna you know stick with some positives from the Sunday win, this is Frankie Montes' best start as a Yankee
1: for sure. He he looked dominant in in certain in certain uh, in those innings. He had a couple clean innings, and and he looked dominant. I mean, look, I know we were talking about last last uh, episode. If this guy is unhealthy, if he's not right with the shoulder, everything I saw today looked like a healthy man going out there throwing a baseball. Looked like a healthy pitcher throwing a baseball. That's what it looked like. So, you know, maybe it maybe it has been a matter of of him just working back and not being able to figure out. I'm not gonna you know, sit on one start here and just like act like this is the, uh, the new normal and this is the way, but this is what it should be. This is what we expected. This is exactly what, what, when we heard that this, this, uh, this trade happened, what we were getting, we were getting a guy that was, you know, dynamic, had, uh, had filthy stuff, could have good velocity, good strikeout pitches could, could step up in the moment, that bulldog mentality that we were talking about. I saw that. I saw, I saw more of that today for sure. Than i had seen even that you know there was an opportunity where where um you know runner on uh, i think it was his last inning it just felt like a two-run home run was about to happen and then it didn't happen there was a fly out to second base and we got out of the inning but it was like the way things have been going recently it's like oh here we go now th- i think it was the, right after the catcher's interference actually it, this is there was a long delay and like you could feel it you could feel the two-run home run coming and then it didn't so that was that was nice you're waiting for that other shoe to drop
2: because that's what happened with Montes. Yeah, this is definitely the best he's looked as a Yankee. Seven strikeouts, only one hit allowed in five innings, 93 pitches. So in the, for those five innings, it was the most dominant he's been as a Yankee. I thought this start and the start against the Mets a couple of weeks ago mm-hmm. were his two best starts because I also saw some similar glimpses, like you just said, of dominance in that Mets start. But this one, obviously, he he didn't allow a run. So uh, it's a, what the Yankees needed. I, I don't know because of the shoulder and because of his struggles as a Yankee when they're going to start pushing him deeper into the games. Like if if next time out, he's at 93 pitches through five innings, does he go out for the sixth inning? Like, that's my question.
1: Yeah. they. I mean, they need to, they need to, because he's got to get, he's got to get to a point where he's able to. You're you're saying that you don't know if it's within the the health parameters or the way that they're the medical team right. is saying, hey, hundred pitches, that's it. So if he's at ninety three, that's what I'm thinking. Like, is that
2: out. is is should our expectation for Frankie Montis be a hundred pitches, whether that's five innings, four and two thirds innings, six and a third innings? Like, it is is that should that be the expe- expectation right around five innings? And if you're at, or excuse me, right around hundred pitches. So if you're at ninety three through five, they're not going to push him back out. If he's at 86 through five, maybe they push him back out. Yeah, it might depend on game situation, might depend on who's coming up in the lineup, how many times he's faced the lineup through. If it's a five to nothing game versus a one to nothing game, like all of those things are factors. I get it. But again, like go back to our conversation on the last episode, Frankie Montes was acquired to not be a hundred pitch five inning guy. He was acquired to be a number two starter, which means pitch deeper into games.
1: Yeah, so I mean, you're asking if the if the if our expectations need to be that if that's what we're looking at. No, that's not. Mm-hmm. I'm I'm not I'm not curbing my expectations for for him to to go out and do that. And and if that's the case, then again, this goes back to the conversation we had last time. Unacceptable, unacceptable. If, if this is if this is what they they are deeming is okay for him health wise, it's an unacceptable trade. If that's the case, I'm not saying that is the case, but if that if that is the reason and he's a hundred pitch guy and that's it because of the shoulder. Then this was a a completely egregious trade, uh, for Brian Cashman to execute. If they knew that, that said, I don't believe that's true. I think they're gonna, you know, f- f- I, I have to believe that they're gonna push him beyond um, this point. Uh, and you know, he's getting seven strikeouts, five innings. That that will run you, the counts up. That will run your pitch pitch count up on the arm. Um, not gonna get through uh, a, a ton of innings usually when you're when you're striking out that many guys and especially working deep counts too. So I'm I'm encouraged because you're right. That's two in a row really or the the Mets the Mets um, start and then this start. Those are those are this is one that you can build on. So if we're looking for something to build on, not not just the team, but for Montas, this is something that's encouraging. I know Severino hey, cool. just threw a couple innings in the minors as well, so there's some there's some firepower going going back. But again, pitching ain't the problem. The pitching is no. not the problem. Pitcher not the problem. Loisic also
2: been good. Like He was just yeah. to get out of a big jam today, and we're looking at his numbers over coming into today, 19 games, 16 and two-thirds innings. He has a 162 ERA, 11 strikeouts, mm-hmm. only three earned runs mm-hmm. over that time, a 170 batting average allowed. So he's he's been closer to, or that is exactly the pitcher we thought Jonathan Loisic was going to be.
1: Yeah, he's been the stopper recently. He's been the guy that's come in and just really give them some consistent innings and gotten them out of jams. You know, uh, look, I'm sitting here staring at my uh, my, my projections, just wondering when it's going to happen. When in the month of September is it going to happen that John LaZicca yeah. takes over the closer? <laughs> I don't role think cause... you could take that W. No. Oh, no, I can absolutely take that, take that W. w. Are you kidding me? Are you... I, I literally said John LaZicca would take over the closer rule. So, but, that's but I'm w. sorry, I don't know what it yeah. is. <laughs> I'm sorry. No, I, don't <laughs> I mean, think, I don't th- think there's no. Of... It's that's it. And so and the white. journey, how we got there doesn't matter. Who gives a shit? No, it's black and white. The bold <laughs> predictions are, are, there's no gray area in those. It is what it is. Got it. Got it.
2: So then was I right about Michael King, even though he's injured? Yeah. For the, for the, what did you say
1: about him? I don't even remember.
2: I said he. I, I don't remember either. I think. I think <laughs> I said he was going to be the Swiss. Didn't I say he'd be the Swiss Army Knife?
1: You've said he's going to be can. the Swiss Army. Yeah. You, as long as I've been saying that, the sh- other shoe's going to drop for the twins, and they're going to win something at some point. <laughs> that's how long. That's how long <laughs> Michael yeah. King has been your Swiss Army Knife.
2: So yeah. So, yeah, so you so. can yeah, he, book it. Right, book right. it was for good.
1: next year. Book it. Book, book it for my, next year. One are my predictions for next year. <laughs> if his arms attached, then you're in good shape
2: uh so the the lineup that boone has been thrown out there has been getting a lot of a lot of talk on twitter because anytime the offense is struggling obviously people start blaming the manager it's like the lineup oh of course this is why the team's not scoring i gotta admit when i saw oswaldo cabrera batting third today i got a nice chuckle okay because this that is clearly a fuck it kind of lineup from boone like this can't get any worse so let's have oswaldo cabrera batting third but you know I think there is serious question where the fact that you have had, we're going to go into some numbers in a minute, but Glaber Torres, Aaron Hicks, DJ LeMahieu, Josh Donaldson, all IKF, all absolutely atrocious offensively. And they just continue to get start after start. Friday, they call up Peraza. Everyone's excited for for the top prospect to be called up. And he's not even starting. He gets in the game, but it's a 9 nothing game in the last out of the game. Like, really, that's that's going to be his debut pinch-hitting in a 9-zip game? So, I understand. Like you tried out the, the, a lineup where the bottom half of it is Donaldson, Glaber, IKF, Hicks. It, I mean, those
1: are four automatic outs right now. There's a lot of automatic outs right now. Even DJ Lemayhu has become an automatic out. It hasn't gotten an extra base hit in in what four weeks uh, he he's not healthy that that back foot they were talking about it on the broadcast today where um o'neill was talking about how and why and uh where he gets his power from and it's a it's he's a back foot hitter meaning a lot of his a lot of his balance is coming from that back foot so he's able to um you know stay in the zone longer and he's just not able to do that right now he's not able to do it he's playing hurt but the unfortunate thing is, I don't know what they're supposed to do otherwise. Rizzo can't be can't be out there. They need someone to go play first base. What are you supposed to do if if um, if Lemayhu can't play? They're, there's their options are are very limited. They're already dipping into the AAA roster with uh, with Peraza and Cabrera. There's there's not a ton to, there's not a ton to do. To be honest. Unless, unless uh, you know Rizzo is back and healthy and able to play every day, then you can get DJ some some extra time because there's people who can play, you know, second short and and third base. Lemay I mean, who doesn't need to be in the lineup every day. But with with Rizzo not able to first play first base, they're kind of screwed. There's there's not much they can do right now. You're right. With, with the
2: first base situation, as long as Lemayhew's not on the IL and Rizzo has got his back problems, then yes, he has to play. Rizzo got an epidural in his back, dude. He got an epidural, okay? So it's what you give women who are going into labor. Right? And that's what Rizzo is dealing with right now. Yeah, Lemayhew's last extra base hit was August 7th in St. Louis. Since the All-Star break, DJ LeMay, who has a 6.62 OPS, that's pretty bad, but it's not even close to as bad as some of the other guys on the team. Aaron Hicks hasn't had an extra base hit since July 9th against Boston. Dude, July 9th, that's two months ago. He hasn't had an extra base hit in two months, and he's still getting starts. That's asinine. Glaber Torres has been the worst offensive player, perhaps, uh, on the team in the second half. Glaber- In baseball. We, say it, In baseball. We praised Glaber. At the midpoint in the season, I think I don't remember exactly the grade we gave him, but I think it was like maybe a B plus A minus. He had an 809 OPS at the All Star break. Okay, we we're like shit. Glaber's Gleyber, back. This is the Glaber Torres, the pre pre pandemic Glaber Torres, the All Star young player we saw. Since the All Star break, 156 plate appearances, 187 batting average, 218 on base percentage, 293 slugging. He's got four homers, four doubles. And, and, and that's it. It's 511 OPS in 156 plate appearances. That's
1: horrendous. That, that's exact. That was as bad as Joey Gallo. It's like Joey Gallo threw up all over this lineup before he left on he his way like out. The, that was his part on of his gift. way out. He just went, you know, he went like green mile on everybody and just, went, and just like gave <laughs> all of his, all of his like terrible offense to every single, not, not. Not he spared Aaron Judge because he's like, you know what, you're due an MVP. You should have won it. No. in I- 17. Here he tried to so I'm not going to poison, not gonna poison you. I'm not going to poison you. He tried to poison Judge, but he's impenetrable. <laughs> he's he's he's, <laughs> he, he's invincible at this point. But everybody else got poisoned by the Joey Gallo sickness that he that he spewed out. Just the the one here. You are now only allowed to swing in one plane. One. Area of the zone can you swing for for the rest of the season, and and they've been so bad ever since then, so bad, so bad. I need Matt Carpenter and, to come back in the worst way, right. if for no other reason just to be there, just to show up, just, just to slap be there. Some
2: sense into people,
1: slap some sense just into be a people. Man. I know he's, I know he's in the dugout, just... but my God, do they need, it. Do they need some, uh, some, some, some old man vibes right now.
2: You know They they need an adult in the clubhouse, okay? (laughs) They need need a (laughs) grown-ass adult. (laughs) Sometimes you just need an adult, okay? Listen, I I talked about this. I was at a bachelor party with 15 guys. Eventually, one of us had to step up and be the adult in the room or else we're all going to die, okay? So someone needs to step up and be the adult
1: in the room right now or else this team is going to die. We're leaving the strip club right now. Now is the moment. I didn't say those words, but I'm, you're not
2: far off. Okay, you are not far off. It is three o'clock in the morning, guys. I've seen him put down three thousand dollars in cash. We're leaving right now. All right. Yeah. So it, it's just <laughs> the uh, let's talk about IKF because I think it's now a mental thing with IKF. He made another error today and almost made a, a second error on a on a throw that that DJ saved for him. People are obviously questioning his playing time. And Boone continues to put him out there. But right now with the infield situation, I think if Rizzo were healthy and DJ was still in the lineup, you'd have him at second, DJ at second, Rizzo at first. And I think you might just start Peraza at shortstop. But right now the discussion is- LeMahieu
1: would get some rest finally. Maybe LeMahieu would get some rest and actually get that thing right. Even though they're talking on the broadcast, like it won't do any good. If they rest him right now, it won't do any good. Like he needs- He needs like extended period of time for this thing to go away. So they're just like, well, that's it. This is what we. These are the cards that we have dealt. Um, But I don't. They certainly don't want to play him in the field, other than other than first base. I would assume, uh, so that he's you know able to injure it even more. I don't know. But my question
2: is, who who lost? Who are you replacing? Because right now, both IKF and Glaber don't deserve to play. But you don't have enough bodies to not play. Everybody sucks. One of them.
1: Everybody sucks. That's. I mean, I don't know what. I, th- there is no replacement that 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 gives us an answer. This is the problem. Benintendi. Who should him, Peraza
2: play for every day? Is my question. Who should Peraza I, play just for every alternate day? alternate the for guys flavor. who are sucking okay. the
1: worst. Yeah. I mean, he's he's been bad over the last seven games too. He he's he came up hot and 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 has not been performing over the last seven games. He's great in the field, like energy. Like he's got a, a longer no, no, leash Paraza. than these guys. In my, Paraza, oh, Paraza, not yeah. Cabrera.
2: You're getting fooled too by the Oswaldos. Uh, Oswaldo, okay? the Oswald, yeah. Oswaldo. You're getting fooled.
1: Paraza, Paraza. Who yes. should Paraza the, play for? I don't care any of them. It doesn't matter. They all suck. They all can't hit. They need to. They need to figure it out. So one one person. So um, then, what are
2: we talking about?
1: Yeah, basically. Seriously, like if, if, if
2: I, you're. I'm trying to like, you know, dissect some things and see like actually what this team could do. But like, it, 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 it You're right. We're at the point where everyone sucks, and until some guys stop sucking, nothing's gonna change.
1: And that's the thing, you know, with Ben attendee now, with this um, uh, broke the hook of his of his hamate bone and needs surgery. Awesome. This is the guy that, that's finally turned it on and finally figured out. Uh, you know finally gotten to the guy that we thought he was going to be and he's been very good recently he was the other the other guy that was producing some type of offense and now he's out for weeks maybe he comes back for a a a, a first or second round of the playoffs that's kind of what we're looking at logan
3: so ben and spoke after the game just to kind of uh talk about this a little bit more. Uh, He said he thinks he may be able to return before the end of the regular season as he has had a similar injury when he was a college freshman. So do what you want with that. But I mean, there's a chance. I mean, we looked it up. uh, Probable timelines like one to four weeks in a cast. That's such a wide range, range. though. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, call it in the middle, call it two and a half weeks and then start baseball activities. You, You know, Ten more days to ramp up. Call I think best case scenario. You know, he could run in. Best stuff.
2: case scenario is he's back the last week of the regular season, right? Like realistically, yeah. best case scenario, he's he's playing. He gets ten plate appearances in that last road trip. That's best case scenario. And then you just hope he's he's sharp enough to play in the playoffs and, and healthy enough to play in the playoffs. I,
1: well, the thing is, the, do. the options beyond him are are. <laughs> are not there. So yeah, he plays when he's, when he says he can play, he plays. There's no, uh, there's no other, no other way around it. So if, if he deems himself healthy enough to play and the doctors give him the, the green light to come back and and start going, then you get his ass in the lineup as fast as humanly possible because he's clearly the best option. Even if he's at, you know, 85%, 80%, like that's the guy that we need because he goes back to ball and actually does things with a, with a baseball. Whereas these other guys, um, they, they they haven't they haven't remembered how to hit a ball since the freaking beginning of July.
2: Um, who gets who has more extra base hits from today through
1: the rest of the season, Aaron Hicks or Andrew Benintendi? Oh, that's so dirty. That is such a <laughs> terrible question. Uh, you know, there's it's it's Andrew Benintendi. That's that's why that's that's where we are with Aaron Hicks. He's a golfer he's a golfer. So do
2: you think this is affecting his golf game? Do you, do you think this no, baseball No, probably
1: no, no because he's he knows he's the it. best he, golf of his life. Playing the best golf of his life, so he's he's probably preventing himself from doing certain things on the baseball field just so that his handicap doesn't get affected in the off season because he know that's he knows that's probably his livelihood from now on because he's not a good baseball player. He can't play baseball anymore. Sick of him. Hello, I'm sick of some, some of these guys, man. The other <laughs> Let's have a, let's have a pro- impromptu fe- uh, festivus in uh, in September.
3: Man, I someone needed to like go live with something last night after that game because I was like, I needed some. Were you lower? One, hold so, on, i you lower gonna,
2: after Saturday nights versus Friday nights game because Friday night after yes yes I think yes I was. so I I was so I was at my cousin's wedding this weekend so I was with uh, with my dad all weekend right so he was just beside himself. But he and I were chatting at the rehearsal. We're at the, the post rehearsal dinner, like drinks and everything. Yankees yeah, had just lost nine to nothing. And Peraza had just pinched it as the last out of the game. And we were just like, we were just like screaming. because part of why I don't have a voice. We're just screaming at each other the same things. Like, this team fucking sucks. They don't know what they're doing. It's just like, that's, I think, why I don't have a voice. Cause I was just yelling about how bad the Yankees are to my Bruno dad.
1: Mars is in the background. They're doing the electric slide <laughs> and the two. Yeah. <laughs> you and your dad are just in the corner screaming at each other. Probably right next to an amp. Probably right next to a speaker too. Because because <laughs> that's just the way it works. The 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 table's there. Do you know what the and worst you're screaming part is to each other?
2: There was a one of our relatives, he's a he's a big Red Sox fan. He was actually rubbing it in our face. I'm like, your team's in last place, dude. But this is how bad the Yankees have been. The Yankees have been so bad that a, a fan of a last place team actually could shit
1: talk us. They can because the, because of what's happened. That because of the collapse, everybody can talk shit about this team right now, no matter where you are in the standings. Because when you look at what what should have been and where they were, the fact that they are in the position now where they're what is it five games after this win? Five games out of four in the last column, I think, out of um, or maybe it's five in the last column now uh, out of the uh, no, no, Tampa, no, no, it's, it's worse. Place. It's four. Ga-
2: no, Tampa is is three back in the lost column, but four back. It's four it's back. Four. In the After column? today,
1: it was four. That's what it was. Four yeah. or five.
2: Oh, so I, I thought Michael K said that had they lost today, it would have been two back in the lost column.
3: Yeah, it's it's, it's a two game yeah. swing, though, because yeah. it's a it's. Yeah, it's, it's a two-game game game swing it's right, so right, one each, in yeah, one yeah, direction yeah, yeah, or another. Yeah, right, right,
1: right. Math. You know, when when you play the team and one of them gets a loss, the other team doesn't. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah, endo yeah. facto, two-game swing. Um, but yeah, the I don't even know what the hell I was saying. But the thing is, you can't collapse. You have a 15-game lead. You're you're on pace to win. Like you're getting talked about like the 1998 Yankees, and then all of a sudden you're like, eh, you shit your pants, and you do it for an entire half of the season. That's embarrassing. It's, there's no excuse for it. None. Zero. It's been, it's been, it's been a two month diarrhea. It's been,
2: it's just been the runs for two the trots. That's what this team has been.
1: They're, they're, they're continuously Uh, drinking. The best thing that was uh, just like, oh, it's fine. Just keep drinking it.
3: (laughs) The best thing that was going around was at the end of June, that uh, post that MLB sent out that the Yankees were on pace for 120 wins. Do you guys see that? And it was like, and everybody, all those Red Sox fans, they be tweeting it left and right.
2: That I mean, to be on 120 win pace though, like it, it's not like they were on 120 win pace through April, you know, 25th, right? Like it, it was a substantial point in the season where they were winning 72% of their games. It was not ridiculous. The conversations that we were having now, did any of us think they would actually win 120 games? No. But you're like, oh, well, this team is going to win 105, 108, maybe even 110 games. Because even if they come back down to earth a little bit, they're so far ahead that even if you play slightly worse, you're still at 106 wins or something like that. And now this team is scratching and clawing. 430 baseball, 426 baseball for two months. I I don't, I've never seen a team go from this good. To this bad. Yes, teams go from that bad to that good because pretty that's baseball Susan, you can just get hot and, and be hot for an extended period of time. The Nationals, a couple years ago, they were like a 500 team through the first half of the season. They won an epic run to win the World Series. But to go from that good, that dominant in every part of the roster to this dog shit. I've never seen that before. All right.
1: Perfect segue. This is uh this is one of the one of the mailbags that we got. This year, or this this week, uh, from Jesse. Thank you, Jesse, for writing in. Uh, and she says, Scott, befo-
2: Before you re- hold on, can you b- before you read it? The mailbags are brought you to, brought to you by WinBet, which is now live in Arizona, Colorado, Indiana, Louisiana, Michigan, New Jersey, New York, Tennessee, and Virginia. They bring the excitement of the win, Las Vegas, to online sports betting and casino play. From boosted same game parlays to live in game odds on every major sport, WinBet has what you need to win. Sign up today to receive your special offer. You can bet 50 bucks, win
1: 200 use code XBLUEWIRE. Mailbags. All right, got to pay the bills. Thank you. Uh, this is from Jesse. Her message states, the, Mon- the Monty curse? Anyone else have the feeling that trading Monty will be the ultimate ass bite, of, uh, ass bite for the season? I write this after the Yankees were embarrassed 9 nothing at the hands of the Rays, dropping their lead to five games in the AL East. Since the deadline, maybe even before... Our starting pitching has mostly been atrocious. Meanwhile, Monty is currently 5-0 with a 1.47 ERA and six stars for the cards. Now, I know that wasn't his usual line for us, but my gut tells me that he was the glue that held the staff together. He was a true Yankee. You could hear and see how much he uh, he didn't want to be anything else. He loved it here. He was calm. He was consistent. He was predictable. He was everything these other guys are not. That calm and that confidence seem to have left with Monty. All we have now is chaos, constantly wondering how deep they will go, when will they blow up, just how many runs will they surrender? My prediction, the Monty curse brings one of two things. Either the Yankees completely melt down and get bounced early from the playoffs by the Twins, extra salt in the wound if uh, he who shall not be named delivers the dagger, oh God. And Or better slash worse yet, the Yankees make it to the World Series and Wayne Wright, Monty, just shut them down. And Monty pitches an absolute gem in Game 6 to win the World Series for the St. Louis mm. Cardinals. Look, uh, the, the, I don't know. I think the, the Twins version of that's worse, especially with the, the man who, who will not be named. Um, but yeah, no, I mean, I, look, Jesse has a, Jesse has a point, a very valid point here this could go down this could be one of those things he's been dominant since he left he hasn't had like a, there's no blip on the radar with Jordan Montgomery in St. Louis he's 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 like the 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 you know the heir apparent he's the next he's the next great lefty starter for the St. Louis Cardinals and there's and in their, their storied history of baseball that's who he is that's okay.
2: He wasn't going to start a playoff game
1: for the Yankees, so <laughs>
2: they, they didn't. They didn't need him. They I'm they mad I even him. said that. I'm mad I even
1: believe that for a minute. <laughs> the,
2: the narrative was the the propaganda that got spewed at at five whatever it was five o five for whatever the deadline was. It was at four p m. Five p m. Five minutes after the deadline, the propaganda coming from Yankee Stadium
1: was palpable. Here's the thing about the curse. Again, and I, I know I'm like a broken record at this point, but the pitching ain't the problem. I my the, the fact that Monty's over in St. Louis doing his thing, good for him. It's a it's 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 certainly salt in the wound for for all of us looking at, at him over there and then knowing that this other kid, uh, Bader, is in a is in a boot or on the way back. Like I need to hear something about him. I need to hear that he's, you know, running at ninety seven percent right now. I need to hear something about Harrison Bader, who's going to come in and prevent me from watching Aaron Hicks play baseball anymore. I need to hear that so that at least, Mm -hmm. at least when you're looking at what Cashman was doing with that, understanding where our problems are and and how significantly they are on the offensive side of the ball, maybe, maybe by the grace of God, this guy, Harrison Bader from Bronxville, New York, can walk in and be the heir of... He can be the guy. He can be the savior, coming from you know, coming from our own fan, uh, fan uh, group, fan, fan fandom. I can't think right now. I'm, I'm getting angry. What are you talking about? I don't even know. But Harrison Bader needs to be the guy. He needs to be the guy to come back. Or Brian Cashman. I don't know how you show your face. I don't know how you show your face after that one.
2: I have another question. Who has more extra base hits from now to the rest of the season,
1: Harrison Bader or Aaron Hicks? Uh, Harrison Bader it has to be the answer. It's the only answer. <laughs> it's the only answer.
3: Um, Harrison Bader it did uh, has began baseball uh, activities. Is he taking, is <laughs> Sorry, he taking dry swings bait. or wet swings? Um, um, it, this is uh, performing baseball activities and running drills in okay. New York. Uh, he could start a minor league rehab assignment soon. Um so do what you want with that. Basically only other injuries that matter are Severino's probably gonna make one more start and then come back up to the big leagues when he's able to be activated and do like a piggyback. Um Britain's doing well, probably gonna be back in the next couple weeks. And uh F. Ross and Ibra, you both started throwing programs. Chapman also threw, yeah. which we don't care House, about how's his
2: infection doing okay. A third and final uh, yeah. question. <laughs> Who has more extra base hits from now until the end of the
1: season? Luis Severino or Aaron Hicks? <laughs> Look, the, there's no there's a, a universal DH right now, so it's uh, it's unfair unfair game. Unfair answer. You might can't, get like a
2: 16 inning game and need a pinch
1: hitter. Who knows? Um Harrison Bader doing baseball activities and doing running drills means he's not in a boot any longer. That's my assumption from that, which is which is positive. So I will I will take that as a uh, as a positive and look. It, it does seem like they're still gearing up all of these guys to come back like a week to two weeks before the end of the season. The problem is is that that AL East might still be uh, you know a problem before then, and un- right. unless they can actually well, figure also- out how to hit with these guys, then then those last two weeks might be very different than what we're than what we're seeing in front of us right now because. Chicago White Sox uh, playing well, Seattle Mariners playing, playing well, there might be a fight for that last wild card out of the blue. I'm not joking. I'm not even like, this is not, this is not just like hyperbole anymore. We're looking at what, what's happening. There are, there are hot teams coming up for the bottom and that second, that last, that third wild card. And if the Yankees continue on this pace, they're going to get past an AL East and then they're going to be fighting for a friggin' wild card spot. That's where they are unless they start hitting. That's that's exactly so, where we are headed. <clears> and <throat> I and <throat> I am throat> the throat> optimistic <throat> one on this show. I am I am looking for glass half <laughs> full. Boy. But I cannot <laughs> see today, it. Buddy. I cannot see it unless they start hitting. Yeah. And there's no other there's no other way around this. Hit the ball. That to ball. That's it. I need you to hit the freaking ball. Back at the
2: trade deadline when they made the moves and then they said, well, Harrison Bader's coming back towards the end of the year. We're going to get Luis Severino back at the end of the year. Britton maybe back at the end of the year. They were probably, and rightfully so, everyone was thinking the last two weeks of September is basically going to be like a spring training for this team. They yes. would have their stuff wrapped up and they would just use that to get guys right, get guys innings that needed innings, get guys at bats that needed at bats. You're not going to have that luxury anymore. So question from Matt that dovetails nicely into what you just said. When the Yankees inevitably find themselves in second place, does Boone get fired immediately or after they get swept in the first round of the playoffs? I can't imagine it has ever happened in Major League Baseball history that a a team going to the playoffs fires the manager before the playoffs. But if the Yankees blow the division, I actually would not be opposed before entering the playoffs that they fire Boone and still go to the playoffs because I think that maybe could could change something. Otherwise, Matt's right they will blow the lead Boone will sit there and tell you well we're gonna turn the page and they'll get freaking stomped in the first round
1: yeah absolutely if they blow the lead and they and they end up at a wild card and they, so they're still in the playoffs you get rid of Boone right then <laughs> because maybe that will uh figure that that will um you know either guilt the players into playing well or or light a fire under their ass who knows but but sure there's no there's no he clearly doesn't do anything. If if he's if they blow this lead he does nothing there's no reason for him to be there so you just get rid of him and, and send a message but yeah man the um they they uh they're 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 at they're at risk for that and I, I hope I hope that we we are are looking back and Jorge Posada is right that's who I'm, I keep leaning to my op my optimistic side goes back to Jorge Posada talking about how the the Yankees. Are better for this. They're better for this. He was interviewed oh, right. during the Paul O'Neill ceremony, and Paul they're O'Neill. better for this. He's seen this. He said, "I'm happy they're going through this. They're going to be better. They're gonna. This is going to be good for them." So, I'm I'm going back to yeah. Jorge, and 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 I need I need Jorge to be right. I need Jorge to be right.
2: Maybe what Jorge meant is they're going to blow the division and then clean house. <laughs>
1: That's not what he was referring to. He was definitely referring to a successful team in the past that he was uh, drawing a comparison to who had used it as fuel and used it as adversity, which was then overcome to then roll into the playoffs with a lot of momentum. And That that is what we're all waiting for. That is what we are all waiting for. That, 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 that moment, that turning point to then say, okay, that is behind us and now we are going to play good baseball. And be the the team that we were in the first half, or at least close to it. That is what we're all waiting for. At the end of the day, that's what we're waiting for.
2: All right, do you want to read uh, our friend Jake in New Zealand's mailbag and we'll wrap it up?
1: Jacob from New Zealand. Jake from New Zealand. Uh Boone calling IKF one of the best shortstops in the game after the Angels loss is uh has broken me. Uh, it's just gaslighting the fan base. The f- fan base is the word that I could <laughs> not think of like 10 minutes ago. Uh, how could how could he have pinch hit for Trevino instead of Glaber or Donaldson is also moronic. Surely this was a move of a manager not wanting to upset his player rather than doing what's best for his team. I felt they carried over old praise of IKF. Um, uh, do you think Boone protecting players is a flawed strategy? All right. Uh, first of all, I think Boone just supports his players at the end of the day, no matter what. In the post post game press conference, he, that's just what he does. So don't take anything that he says for for you know as as factual as as like a real thing. It's he's just he's supporting his guys. That's what he does. It, it is what it is. Like we should all be used to that by now. But when we're talking about pinching pinch hitting and we're looking at the other options, these are not good options right now either. This is this is exactly the problem. So, it's fine. Like Boone no, giving the pinch, support the pinch, to his pinch guy and is exactly is, what he does.
2: Yeah, I was more because the idea of Boone just gaslighting the fan base and then the fan base having a meltdown is just really funny. Because because him calling IKF, I believe he was referring defensively, called him one of I think a, a top five to seven defender in the league, and it's just like. Yankees fans hear that after we've seen IKF boot routine ground ball after routine ground ball. It's like, come on, man. Like, What's up, Logan?
3: So I, ha- I have to get in on this because I am a Boone apologist, but this really irritated me. Um, so on Michael, on the Michael K show the next day after he said he was one of the best defensive shortstops stops in, in baseball, they asked him and he said, well, I think he's probably in the five to seven range. And then they asked, like, what are you looking at? Because not much backs that up. And he said, well, quote unquote, the internal number, numbers that we look at as far as defensive runs saved, range, and making plays. <laughs> so now all of a sudden we can use IKF yes. to decide I love it. To, um, shortstop defense. Where, yes, defensive run saved loves IKF. We know that. Out to average hates IKF. Range. Is Isn't that a range? Problem because these numbers, no, yes, but also like th- these numbers are flawed. Right. small sample sizes at the end of the day and they don't work but even right. so so the numbers they everybody use at- everybody Wings is not a number
1: everybody is coming
3: plays is everybody time. is coming
1: <laughs> to, to.
3: i like the nerves. totally ridiculous i love, it. I, love I like, it
2: I like i like that i want to just start using he's good at you know he's got a he's good he's at making the place <laughs> he's making the place what he's, is that That's he's ridiculous. plus four making the place <laughs> he's he's got a he's got a 173 Making the plays stat, oh, based yeah. well, on you what? could also go back to the, the to the eye
1: test and completely discount what Boone said because he doesn't make the routine plays. <laughs> so what what he's right. referring to, he does right, make the hard these,
2: plays. Yeah, he it's makes a hard plays. plays. It's the
1: it's the double clutch throw. It's the it's the you know the ball scoots up on the a little bit on the perfectly groomed infield, and he can't react to that by you know seeing the ball into the glove. So. No, he doesn't he's the routine plays are the ones that drive me nuts with the guy.
3: <coughs> Basically the reincarnation of Glei Wut and Miguel Oof. and Duhar. Oh, I mean all, all Miguel of and Duhar. Like that.
2: That was a different level of bad defense. But all right. That's gonna wrap it up. Thank you to Jake, Matt, and Jesse for submitting the mailbag questions. Always appreciate it. If you want to submit your mailbag questions, you can do so. Bronxpinstripes.com slash podcast. Uh, got the twins coming up Tyone versus Chris Archer Garrett Cole versus Joe Ryan Herman versus our pal Sonny Gray and then uh, TBD versus TBD should be a fun series Yankees always mop the floor with the twins if they don't then maybe it's uh, then maybe we got some Cole Power is freezing together. we'll talk to you guys in a few days
1: hey guys thanks for listening to the Bronx Pinstripe Show make sure you find us on iTunes and subscribe so you can get all new episodes directly onto your phone if you do like the show We'd love for you to take a minute and give us a five-star rating and review in iTunes. It really helps us out and allows us to create more shows. We're on Twitter at Bronx Pinstripes and the same on Facebook. You can always find us there talking Yankee baseball. Thanks again, guys, for your support. Really appreciate it. And go Yankees.